0: what's up guys and welcome to the we believe golden state warriors basketball podcast a sports ethos presentation i'm your host sam orlick hey listeners please take a moment to follow the @ethosfantasybk bk on twitter the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth get all your nba news in one handy twitter feed it's faster than the competition and provides more analysis too. Again, that's at Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. So, guys, today is January 4th. Welcome to the new year. This is our first show in 2022, and we have a very special show tonight as we have Corey Laboe joining in to help talk about the Warriors. Amazing 29 and 7 start, deep diving into some statistics as well as hitting on some key play of Andrew Wiggins, Jordan Poole, Gary Payton, Kaminga, some Clay Thompson injury updates. It's a really special show. I know you're going to love it. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. Hey, Sam. Hey, Corey. How's it going?
1: It's going good, man. Sorry, I'm a little late. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, no worries. I'm doing great. Welcome to the party. Thanks for joining.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me on. I'm excited to chat.
0: So Golden State Warriors, what a time to be a Warriors fan. Here we are. In 2022, the Warriors are currently the number one team in the league by record and by play. I think those are both Pretty easy statements to agree upon.
1: Definitely.
0: Definitely.
1: It's been fun to watch, man. It's been fun to watch.
0: Yeah. Um, I want to, I had some things I wanted to hit on. I had some numbers to talk about, some team stats, some trending players, a little bit of updates on Clay and Wiseman down the road. But I first wanted to pick your brain a little bit on a few things that have really stood out to you. Um, I'll say over the last maybe 10 to 15 games, I feel like the beginning of the season was kind of like um, exciting and shocking to all of us, not like super shocking, but just, I mean, we knew the Warriors were going to be good, but like top of the league, good, I think was a little bit above what we were all expecting, but especially with players going in and out of health and safety protocols, just like the Warriors resiliency in being able to still play at a high level to still execute and w- come out with wins. So, um, you know, just to put you on the spot here, <laughs> yeah. you can let me know, tell me a little bit, what, what are some things that have really stood out to you over these last 10 games?
1: I um, mean, Yeah, I think you're right on the money, right? We thought they were going to be good. We didn't think they were going to be the cream of the crop, the creme de la creme, and the best in the league. The first thoughts I've had is, one is the depth. I mean, you just mentioned it, right? They've had different players going out with COVID. Thankfully, not our Lord and Savior, Stephen Curry. He is free of the virus so far. Knock on all the wood. But being able to beat good teams without their full depth is really astounding. And I think you know the games I'm talking about, which are really the games that I think cemented the Warriors as the best in the entire league, is the Christmas Day win against the Suns on the road in Phoenix without Jordan Poole or Andrew Wiggins. And then just recently, the game in Utah without Draymond Green. And finding different ways to win both of those games They've just done such an incredible job of getting players who work within the system. And even when Steph's not having a good game, being able to use his gravity, being able to use the influence that he creates on the court to create open looks and to continue executing and winning these ball games is really fun. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is the defense is just astounding. It is so good watching these pit bull defense lineups coming out and smothering these opposing teams. Has been great. There was one game where they needed they they like needed one stop. It was towards the end of the game. I'm forgetting which one it is. And they threw out a lineup. It was Draymond, Iguodala, Looney, JTA, and Gary Payton. And I was like, Oh my goodness! No one's scoring on that. No one is going to score on that. So those are really I think sustainable things to look out for is how these bench players go, the way that Kerr is able to find the right lineups for each occasion. And then the continual effort on defense that they come out with is just astounding.
0: Yeah. I think you're, the game you're mentioning was the, uh, I think it was in against Indiana where Steph fouled out and it was a questionable foul and, they thought to challenge it and decided not to, and it was like we'll just come up with a stop because we have the lead.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that exactly. was
0: I. I, I mean, you, I couldn't agree more. That was to me a real moment of growth because you know the Warriors of the past um, in the last few years has been like you know we ride or die by Curry, mm-hmm. and so to to really have this season and go have so much success, sustained success. We're almost halfway through the season. And then pieces start to um, fall out health and safety protocols or just situational things, game to game guys fell out. And to just be able to have the confidence in the team and be able to execute, even without Curry, like they could have challenged that. They had the timeout. They opted not to let's get the stop and move on. There's going to be times where we might have to play without Curry. And so let's, let's figure it out. So that, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. That was really great. The The win in Phoenix on Christmas day was something else. And um, I mean, the Suns played really well. It was a close game and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And that's really been what the Warriors have been doing to good teams. The Utah game, more or less the same back and forth. You don't really know how it's going to go. The Warriors get a lead. Utah comes back. Okay. What's going to happen. And then the next thing you know, at the end it's done. There have rarely been, games that have come down to the wire where the Warriors have won. And if it's only been like a three point win, um, you know, the, the few times they've lost, it's been close, you know, like in mm-hmm. um, the Denver game where they had the incredible comeback and they really had no, no, they really didn't res- deserve that comeback and being in it, but they were, and they had a chance and they kind of threw it away and that was fine. But just the way that they're putting away teams, whether it's in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, you know, teams are like, we're in it, we're, we're in it, we're in it, we're in it. And then all of a sudden they look up at the score and they're down by 10 and it's out of reach.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That Denver game was, you know, it's, yeah, you don't really deserve to win a game where you only show up for one quarter. And so far, some of the only losses the Warriors have had, the Denver game, and then that one home loss against the Spurs where they just weren't even playing for the first three quarters. Then in the fourth, they really tried to go and win it. Uh, I've been, you know, that that happens. I think what you're getting at, Sam, and what I really love about this team is like the grits and the mental toughness. With both the Utah and the Phoenix game, it's like the Warriors came out swinging. They took a lead. And then these are good teams on the other side of the court. They come back. They fight back. And it becomes a close game. And instead of wilting under that pressure, which they probably did last year, they just didn't have the horses for it. This year, they're able to adapt, take it in stride, and then fight back. And they're winning these games. They're continuing to execute. And it's not just Steph bail us out with some crazy threes, which we saw in the beginning of the season, right? Now it's really like defense. We're going to get the stops and then we're going to score on the other end. We're going to get a stop and we're going to shove it down your throat. Like the game last night against Miami with the block on one end from Draymond and then Jordan Poole punctuating it on the fast break with that uh, Duncan, what's his name, Yurtzivan's face was, it's amazing to watch.
0: Yeah, the defensive intensity has been unlike anything that I've seen. And I personally, was pretty concerned, you know, when Draymond entered health and safety protocols and we saw that first half in Denver, uh, I think it was at home against Denver. um, They did not look good at all. Rotations were off and it was like, Oh boy, how are we going to get through these games? And it was just that one half, they made the adjustments. And since then, you know, never looked back that they really didn't miss a beat. Steph Curry has been one of the most underrated defenders on the Warriors um, and really I'd say at the point guard position, uh, he doesn't get enough credit for really doing his job and digging in defensively. He's taking turns on some of the better players and holding his own, not reaching as much. It really shows, you know, not to single guys out from last year, but at the same time I am uh, Ubrey and Baysmore as uh-huh. <laughs> special, as special players as they were and what they did and having the athleticism and getting steals and stuff. They made, they took a lot of chances. They made a lot of gambles. They c- committed a lot of silly fouls and you don't see that with this group. They really dig in defensively. They're committed to the game plan and the coaching staff has evolved too. We saw Steve Kerr bring in a whole slew of new coaches this season. They've been, um, it seems like there's a lot more X's and O's at, going on here at halftime there's a lot of adjustments being made defensively and you see it in display because all of a sudden teams are just getting run out of the gym and it's not luck and a lot of these games curry isn't even playing at the level that we all know he's capable of he continues to miss wide open threes for no reason and you know we all know that that's going to change and we're going to get clay thompson back hopefully james wiseman comes shows up sometime Mm -hmm. Um, And you just see what this team is capable of with these pieces. And it's, I mean, it's special. I mean, easy, easy to see them, you know, Western conference finals, finals bound, um, at least through the first 36 games of the season, 29 and seven, man.
1: I mean, Sam, they're, they're the best team in the league. It's not particularly close and they don't have clay back. It's, it's really exciting to think about how good they're going to be when they round into form. And it's kind of exciting that they've cemented themselves as this good this early, because now they don't have to worry about proving themselves the rest of the season. They just have to worry about getting Clay back, making sure he's feeling good. When Wiseman comes back, finding a nice rotation piece for him or just seeing where he fits in with these new players and with this new system. They're so good. And I love your point about the X's and O's because on defense, they are so creative. It's been so fun watching them change things around at halftime. They go from their patented, like switching defense, which they had, they unleashed on the league back in the dynasty years. And now they change that to some of the junk defenses that they've seen from when they were the champions. They do box and ones, they do zone, they do three and two, they do all sorts of stuff. And it really goes to show, yeah, you're right. Like Kelly Oubre and Kent Bazemore, theoretically, they're better defenders than Steph and Jordan Poole. Like they're bigger, their wingspans longer, maybe one-on-one, they can hold their own a little bit better. But defense isn't necessarily a one-on-one thing. It's five guys out there acting on a string. And both on defense and on offense, really, this team has shown that if you have guys who know what they're doing, and can play on that string, then it's it's greater than the sum of their parts.
0: Yeah, and the, and the way in which they're doing that too, like halfway through a possession on defense, you know, halfway through the shot clock, they'll switch it up from man, a switching man defense to a zone, to a box and one, to two defenders flash at the ball and then drop back. I mean, the way in which they've revamped their defense is something else. And it's no longer just, you know, Draymond, Draymond's got to be there. He's our quarterback and for sure he is. And for sure he's front runner for defensive player of the year, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But you saw how, even when you took him away, Otto Porter, JTA, Bielitsa, Kevon Looney. I mean, all these guys are stepping in, feeling the pieces because it's more about a sustainable system than relying on individual parts that have to be there in order to uh, execute or come out with success. So yeah. Couldn't agree more. Um, Just a couple stats I wanted to throw out there for the team and getting off on this 29 and 7 start. So, field goal percentage on twos, they're currently number two in the league at uh, 54 or sorry, 56%. Assists, their second at 28.4. Steals, their second at 9.4. Defensive rebound percentage, they're number one at 79.3%. Effective field goal percentage, they're number two at, um, we'll round it up to 50%, 496. Defensive rating, number one. Offensive rating, number five. And then the last one, which I just continue to be astounded by, free throw percentage, 75%, 26th in the league oh my gosh
1: that's that's just nuts sam that's nuts <laughs> Not to be Debbie downer we just they're like one or two or top five in everything and then we can except free time. throws yeah uh it was that game against denver right where they like missed every single free throw i was just pulling my hair out i'm like what is going on
0: yeah Kamingo went three of ten jta went one of six curry missed one ecuador missed one i think we still you know, it's still been a struggle throughout the season. I was, I've was, i been tracking this kind of throughout, and they've been hovering in the higher 70s, but they've been in the bottom half of free throw percentage for most of the season, which is just bizarre. So that's something I continue to harp on that I'd like to see them turn around because, you know, you look at a few games that they have lost, especially the one in Denver, even just making free throws, they probably could have come away with the win, even with the loss. Yeah. Uh, um, even with the way the horrible defense that they played in the first half. Um, but just so many incredible things that this team is doing. The efficiency is out the door. It's not just shooting threes. It's the cutting. It's everyone. It's Gary Payton. The second it's Otto Porter. It's Bielitza, It's Looney. It's Draymond. It's JTA. It's Curry. It's pool. How do you stop this team? You know, you blitz Curry and then it's a three on two and somebody gets a dunk. Um, yeah. So that it, That field goal percentage that you threw out, it just goes to show how many
1: open looks they get at the rim because of the cuts, because of the screens, because of the constant movement and the attention on Steph. And even when you don't blitz Steph and he's not playing particularly well, like last night against Miami, probably his worst game on both ends. He only had nine points and we still won. Now Miami was pretty hobbled and they were on the back-to-back and we were at home, but still the rest of the team can show up and we've shown time and again that if you sell out to stop Steph, that this isn't the 2019 finals anymore. This isn't Alfonso McKinney shooting an open three. This is yep. Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. Like they're going to hit those shots.
0: Yeah. It, and let's give Miami some credit because they were hobbled, but those guys came to play Kyle guy and Tyler hero, um, Caleb Martin, They were, they were on fire, so they were kind of scrubs, but they were locked in, in that game. Eric Spolch was a great coach. He did a really good job. He, you know, they, they were in it till the end. So yeah, for sure. They were missing key pieces. We're missing a few pieces. They played well. Um, Yeah. And if Jimmy Butler doesn't get
1: hurt and I I haven't heard anything about that, I hope he stays okay for like, it's nothing serious, but if he doesn't leave that game, like who even knows how that turns out because he was playing really well before he got hurt in the second half. Yeah,
0: for sure. I think what I saw, he's ruled out for tomorrow. He rolled his ankle, but there hasn't been an official diagnosis yet as to the extent or anything like that. Um, But on the topic of injuries, quick segue to clay Thompson, who is tentatively set to return on Sunday, January 9th against Cleveland, really looking forward to that. Um, Anthony Slater said today that Steve Kerr mentioned about 15 to 20 minutes for clay, and he probably won't play in back-to-backs. So clay Thompson, man can't, can't be understated enough over 900 days since he's played in an NBA game. And, um, you know, 29 and seven without him with him, you know, kind of think the, the warriors got a ring locked up, at least with how the rest of the <laughs> league's been playing. I mean, it, there's definitely some teams who are missing pieces that could challenge them for sure. And, you know, it's a long season, anything could happen, but you just look at the cohesion that this group is playing with and the way that they're able to execute. It's not stuff scoring 50 a night. It's the system. And we've yet to see a team really be able to disrupt the system or at least be able to sustain that level of disruption to really to win a seven game series against this team. Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, Sam, I'm going to be so emotional. I'm going to be so emotional when that man takes the court again. I might cry. I'm not kidding. Uh, I think a lot
0: of people will. Yeah, you're not gonna be alone there. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be so amazing. I saw tickets to Chase Center where like at least the floor seats were going for thousands of dollars to see Clay's return, which can't blame them. That makes sense. It's it's really exciting to see. And I think the team is really itching to get him back, too. And the way that Steph's been playing, he's been in this like month long slump. And it's so funny to call it a slump because he's still so effective. Even last night, such a bad game, he had 10 assists. He's still reading the floor perfectly. I think they're ready for Clay to get back. And they know that they're not going to be at their final form until he's back. And when he does come back, it's going to send a whole jolt of electricity through the whole team. It's, it, what's been so nice about this buffer of wins, too, and not just the actual physical buffer of the games and the standings, but the mental buffer of we went into Phoenix and Utah and beat them, and it wasn't particularly close or lucky. We just yep. straight up beat them, yep. is that they haven't needed to rush Clay back. They don't need him to come back and score 23 points a game and guard the guy's best player. He can really come back on his own pace. And also it's, he probably like probably medically, I don't know, I'm not a doctor. So maybe take this whole thing out, but realistically, he probably could have come back like a month ago and played in the NBA, like played in an NBA game and, you know, ramped up his minutes and not been that great and gotten his game shape on, but he hasn't had to. They've been able to really spend a lot of time getting him ready. So I think he's actually going to be, I mean, not all-star game six clay, but effective when he comes back.
0: Yeah, he's going to hit the ground running for sure. I I agree with you there. And that was nice that they had the ability to do that and didn't rush him. And also, you know, for his sake to respect his name like for a player of his caliber who feels snubbed from the top you know the 75 anniversary list of top tier players which is ridiculous for a guy who holds uh some of the records that he currently does 14 threes in a game mm-hmm. um 37 and a quarter 62 and three quarters um for him to be snubbed from that but to let him come back when he is ready to hit the ground running. And yeah, to your point, not be like he plays five or ten minutes for a few games, or he plays, but you know he's not really able to do a lot of things that he wants to do or he's used to doing, or he plays and gets re injured. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah. I, I've always been harping on that to have patience and and let him come back when he's ready and not rush him back. So yeah, the team being at the top of the league right now has enabled them to continue to do that. And so I, I, totally agree with you there.
1: Yeah. Sam, have you heard about, so they had that game canceled against Denver because of the COVID issues. They didn't have enough teams to play. So they had an extra practice day and it sounds like clay from what I've read at the athletic and other places, clay, Got to actually practice and scrimmage with the starters and with the guys he's going to be playing with. And not only does it seem like it's great, like Ingrid Dollar said he looks great, Steph said he shot like 12 times in 15 minutes, but the guys who haven't played with him, like Poole and Wiggins, were like, whoa, Clay Thompson, the second greatest shooter of all time. I don't know, top five, maybe, uh, definitely. He's like going to be back. And it's just fun to see their excitement too. I think it's going to be really electric.
0: Yeah, I, I this um, I'm pretty sure I read that he's been scrimmishing scrimmaging with the first unit for three weeks now. Um, but yeah, I was reading the same stuff. You know, Iggy had some post conference talk where he was mentioning in the scrimmage he wasn't trying to intentionally, but he kept finding Clay and Clay kept hitting shots, and it got to a point after the scrimmage, him and Iguodala and Wiggins were talking like yeah i just kept finding clay and it wasn't even trying to but every time we came down clay just happened to be open and was knocking it down over and over and over again like what are what are people gonna do what are teams gonna do against us um and yeah. and to talk about andrew wiggins real quick um and and the effect that clay's return is gonna have on him i mean this guy deserves to be an all-star <laughs> i'm just gonna come out you're yeah, on yeah, um...
1: Two way Wiggins and all star bandwagon.
0: I am. In the last 10 games, Andrew Wiggins averaging 20 points on 49% field goal shooting, three threes at 50%, four and a half boards, two and a half assists, a steal, and half a block. Yeah. Guarding the opposing team's best player, continuing to show up, always being consistent you know, he's had games where he scored 30 plus he's had games where he scored in the low teens, but he always seems to get it done. And it's interesting when the Warriors are really looking for a bucket. I saw it in Miami. I saw it in Utah. They go to Wiggins. They run action for Wiggins at the rim um, in the paint, because he is just so effective at getting to his shot. And we just take for granted, you know, sure. Sometimes he takes these long contested twos, but that's his game and he's able to get those shots almost kind of like in a Kevin Durant-esque way, but obviously he's not as proficient as uh, not as proficient a scorer as Kevin Durant is, but compared to everyone else on the roster, he's able to create shots in that way, um, unlike the other guys. And so I've been really impressed with Wiggins. He's definitely been a really big piece of this team and the lead that they've gotten out to in the standings for sure.
1: Yeah. And it's so, it's so poignant that it's happened after that crazy game against Minnesota. He had those huge dunks against Towns. And it just seems to be like, he was like, oh, wow, yeah, now I can be really good. I can be really good on a good team, too. It's been exciting to watch him grow because originally it was like, okay, so he's, you know, two-way wigs. He's playing reliable defense. He'll make some threes, like, you know, high 30s, low 40s. And, you know, he's kind of in the system, but he's getting better and better. He's taking advantage of the space that Steph creates. But also, yeah, what you're saying is that they're Kerr's really using him against mismatches and they have him find small guys and dribble and get into the paint and get to the line, which is something that this team really needs and needs, it needs more of that, that kind of physicality. And he's been able to supply that. It's interesting. I, when clay comes back, he'll have even more space. I can't imagine he'll play that much better than he's already doing, but just having another weapon in the tank and having him continue to understand the nuances of this offense and when to cut and when to move and when to take control is really exciting.
0: Yeah. The biggest, the biggest thing for him has been three point shooting always. And so career high, you know, last season was a career best 38% on five attempts. And this year he's maintained that five attempts and he's up to 43 and a half percent on threes. Yeah.
1: And I know, um, I know Minnesota fans are like, don't worry. It'll pass. It'll pass. It's just a hot streak. I don't know if it's a hot streak, man. 32 games know.
0: in. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're passing. This is a hot streak. Totally. He came to play. He's in the right system. So good for, good for the Warriors organization to give him a chance and put him in the right places and good for him to continue to work on himself and block out the noise and be the best he can be. And I agree, you know, what, how can he even get that much better when Clay Thompson comes back? But at the same time, I think we're going to see this um, dynasty level of efficiency from the Warriors where the threes are going, or even if they're not, it's just a layup line because what are teams going to do? Who are they going to try and stop? There's too many shooters. There's too many guys who can score. What do you do? Do you double Curry? Do you double Clay? Do you double Wiggins? Like defenders are just going to, going to want to give up. <laughs> I don't even want to play or play it against the Warriors. Forget it. I don't want to do, I don't want to have anything to do with these guys. Definitely. And especially in
1: the West, I can't think of a team. Phoenix is really good. Uh, and maybe in a seven game series, they could come up with some stuff, but there's not really a team right now that can really match up with the Warriors defensively or offensively. I'm excited for whenever we play Milwaukee coming up next, they're starting to round into shape. They're the reigning champs. And that's a team with, you know, you put Giannis at the five and then surround them with like shooters and defenders. Like that's a team that can maybe match up with our Draymond at the five lineup. But, you know, it'll. I want to see it. I want to see him play because I don't think they'll win the Bucs, but it'll be a fun game. A fun
0: yeah, story. it's interesting. I think the West is a little, has dropped off a little bit these last few years compared to the East, just with the way that, players have shuffled around and teams have kind of uh, changed or evolved over time and health and safety protocols. So, yeah, I mean, in the West, it's like, it's Utah, it's Denver ish, it's Phoenix. Uh, And then you've got a lot of teams in the middle where you don't know what's going to happen, Portland, Minnesota, um, Dallas, et cetera. And that, but then in the East, you know, you've got Philadelphia, Brooklyn, uh, Miami, when they're healthy, um, milwaukee like you mentioned i think there's more clear-cut options at the top in the east than the west so not to take away from the warriors dominance for sure because you know at at any given night any team can play out of their minds or Mm -hmm. you know blow everything to the sand but um i do feel like it's been interesting because for so long it was the it was the reverse the east was a joke the west was a gauntlet and it's kind of flipped a little bit this season.
1: It switched up and it's only uh, served to show like how long the warriors have been at this. You know, I remember their first year when they won the title in 2015, no one thought they were going to win the title. They were just one of a lot of great teams in the West that looked amazing. The range Spurs, the Lob City Clippers, the KD Russ Thunder, the James Harden rock. Like there was just so many teams, the Lillard Blazers. Conley and and the
0: Grizzlies. Yeah. Yeah,
1: there was, it was like a real bloodbath getting through. And I always, you know, in my petty fan days, I always said that like any one of the playoff series that the Warriors played on their way to the finals was harder than any LeBron series that he had to play in the East, just because he wasn't even playing good teams making right. his way to the finals.
0: <laughs> so, For sure.
1: you know, it's like, that's that's in my most petty, right? But it's not necessarily untrue. And here, all of those teams have busted up and changed and retired and moved. And Steph and Draymond and Kerr are still doing their thing. It's, it, I mean, it's emotional. Honestly, it's why we like
0: sports. I think Kerr is currently the second most tenured coach in the NBA.
1: Isn't that wild? That's crazy. And it goes to show Kerr, I mean, I got to give this man his props because I was so frustrated with him last year. Um, as a lot of fans were, I was like, you need to put the ball in Steph's hands. What are we doing? What are your rotations? Play Ubre at the four. What's happening? <laughs> and, you know, to his credit, he is like, they upgraded their coaching staff. He's gotten a lot of different ideas. You, like we mentioned earlier, the different X's and the O's and he's come out with so much more vigor and so much more intention with the lineups he's playing and the roles that guys have. I mean, Choosing Gary Payton, the second baby glove, the mitten, having him come in and like changing him from like a point guard who can't shoot into this like off ball roving menace. Who's got hops for days and just gets to play off of Steph and Draymond and cut and jump. It's, I mean, that's inspired. That's inspired coaching. That's like finding the right role for guys. When last year it was so much, it felt like putting a, the wrong shape into the wrong hole. It was like, it wasn't matching up.
0: Yeah. And I'm so glad you just mentioned Gary Payton. Cause I wanted to talk about him a little bit mm-hmm. scoring in double figures, seven games straight, averaging 14 points a game. This is, the most games he's averaged consecutively with double figures and he continues to add to his game. I mm-hmm. think, you know, what what got him on the team was the defensive intensity and the athleticism which was just mind-blowing. And now as he's had a featured role in the starting lineup playing, you know, whatever 20 to 30 minutes a game, he has grown before our eyes. You see him knocking down threes at a very mm-hmm. efficient clip. And he's got moves too. You see him now catch the ball on the wing and instead of pull up for three or pass it out, he's one dribble to the rim with a move through two players, which is not something I expected from him. So, you know, I really hope the Warriors find a way to lock him up long term because he obviously is going to be a really big piece of this team. You need that kind of ball hounding kind of guy who can D up, um, opposing guards and stuff like that. And just really be a menace, have that athleticism, that energy that he brings being able to throw down those thunderous dunks. Um, but his, his growth has been very impressive and very encouraging. And, you know, just speaks to what you're saying, the coaching staff, the changes, the, the, um, you know, Kenny Atkinson and, and others, Steve Kerr's renewed, um, interest i'll say or or just kind of shift or change in perspective in how he's enabling the players and and they're all thriving and they're all it's really beautiful to watch it's an art you know when i see the way that they're defending at such a high level as we talked about earlier with those in interpossession changes that they make and their defensive schemes Mm -hmm. and then the way that they just get out and execute on offense i mean you know, I saw it in Utah and Miami where we got up early by like 10 or 15. I'm like, this game's done. And like, yeah, sure enough, you give the other teams credit. They came back and the Warriors stopped making shots. But then the Warriors still came back and adjusted to that and closed out with the win. But you just see those points that we saw so frequently during the dynasty where all of a sudden the t- other teams blown out and you're just like, yeah, it's over. We won. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And you're already
0: seeing the you're already seeing that now and we don't even have a full team yet.
1: Yeah, that I know exactly that feeling you're talking about. We're we're up by 15 in the first quarter and it's like, oh, we are vibrating at a higher frequency than the other ball team, the other on the other side of the court and it's like if they lose it's because the warriors lost it. It's not because another team's gonna come back and outplay them because they're just playing at a higher level. And, you know, credit the other teams, they don't stop playing. And the Warriors, you know, they have the mental toughness to keep going and to keep playing. It's really, it's really cool to see, man. Gary Payton, the second, it is so thrilling to see him on defense and to see him hound these other point guards and to just make their lives miserable I mean, just last night, like the steal he had on Tyler Hero, the game against Utah, he's just bodying Donovan Mitchell. It's it's just so exciting to see. And Sam, his growth, it's been so cool. Because even if it was just like, I would have expected, okay, so he can play great defense, great. He knows how to cut, great. He can jump really high. And he can slam it down. That's fantastic. But these other reads he's making, the nooks he finds in the offense as he's moving around. And then just last night, these like very crafty finishes he has around the rim where it's not like easy layup. You know, they're not wide open. Like he's underneath the rim and he's pump faking his way into the shot. And it's, he keeps growing and he keeps getting better. And, They got, they got to lock him up because it's too much of a gold star for the Warriors organization to let him go. Like this is someone they found. They plucked him out of the 10 day contract uh, journey that he was going on and gave him a home. And it looks good on them that they found him.
0: Yeah. Those finishes under the rim with bigs, you know, he's six three and there's Nikola Jokic or whoever it is. And the way he just sneaks in layups, he just baits them. He's so patient. And then when they least expect it, he just goes up. It's nothing fancy. It's not some ridiculous, crazy turnaround spin move kind of thing. It's just, it's patience. It's it's craftiness. I don't know. I, I don't really know how to explain it. But yeah, just watching yeah. him sneak those layups or dunks in with bigs right in front of his face that have a foot on him. It's, it's special. Totally.
1: And it's like he also has the mentality of like, I'm going to score when I'm on the court because I can't be someone who doesn't shoot and let the defense just clog Steph Curry. Like he's going out there with intention. He's not scared. He's taking the open shot and he's driving through the open lanes. And it's something I thought if he was just going to be another like Juan Toscano Anderson level player, who is also having like a good season, maybe not as good as like the stretch at the end of last year, but you know, an important part of the team, but he doesn't have the, he doesn't shoot or score as much as he maybe needs to. He'll overpass sometimes. And Gary Payton doesn't do that. Like he is out there to make a mark. If you're going to start me at shooting guard, I'm going to score and I'm going to be a threat. You're going to have to honor me out there. And that's the kind of mentality I love seeing, I bet with guys who are playing next to Steph.
0: Yeah, good comparison because they're both kind they both were kind of fringe players coming into the season, both with kind of specific roles. Peyton obviously had a bigger opportunity with Poole and Wiggins missing extended time for health and safety protocols. And Draymond missed a handful of games. And you know, I love Toscano Anderson and his energy, and he's had some really good games, but definitely not to the same level as Gary Payton. And his game yeah. hasn't expanded to that level either. He does kind of get in his own head trying to get rack up amazing assists. He overpasses a little bit at times. Um, He is in a little bit of a position battle with Kaminga, so he has a little bit more pressure for playing time. And and along those lines of kind of talking about rotations and playing time, I wanted to get your thoughts on what you think the rotation will look like with the return of Clay Thompson. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, he's only going to play about 15 to 20 minutes, but, you know, who do you think are kind of the guys who are going to get squeezed and how might some of these guys need to make some adjustments from that yeah
1: well i think gary payton has definitely earned his slot that even when Clay's coming back like he is too powerful of a weapon especially coming off the bench to just sick on whoever the best offensive player on the other team is so he's still gonna play i mean right now it looks like it's going to be damian lee right yeah. You know, and it's kind of sad because he started off the season so hot. And I remember like the first like couple weeks, there was a graphic where it was like the biggest points per game jump. And Damian Lee was on it with like all these other like all-star kind of players. And... He was
0: like the go-to at the end of games. He was he was super clutch hitting shots in the fourth at the start yeah. of the season. And he-
1: and he was like, he was the shooting guard closing next to Steph and Draymond, like Jordan Yeah, when when Pool when Pool was
0: struggling, right? We were also high on Pool after preseason, and then Pool got a little bit of a dose of reality through the first five to ten games of the season. Yeah, Damian Lee getting a lot of those end of game minutes to try and secure wins for sure. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you know, to Damian Lee's credit, like he hasn't been, you know, it's not like he just hasn't been hitting his shots, right? Like otherwise, he's still like a pretty good defender. He moves within the offense. He's a good play substitute, which is why at the beginning of the season he was closing those games. But ever since his injury and he came back, he just like has not been hitting shots. And he doesn't add too much to the team if he's not gonna make those shots.
0: Yeah, poor guy's gone through two terrible bouts of COVID.
1: Yeah, which is just, you know, totally brutal totally brutal and under talked about part of the game really is all, you know, so many guys were like brushing it off. Like, Oh, it's all good. But you know, for some of them, it hasn't been too easy.
0: Yeah. Draymond Green talked a little bit about that. When the Denver game got postponed, like, Oh, so we got to play you guys without Wiggins and, um, and pool. And now you guys are missing some guys and it gets postponed. So you know, yeah. NBA is doing the best they can. It's a business. There's money involved. So there's obviously agendas there. It's kind of out of our control as fans. And, you know, they at the end of the day, the player, you know, the player bargaining agreement, they all came together to agree on what the rules were. And, you know, people are yeah. working with the information that they have, obviously. In an age of misinformation, it's, it's hard. It's <laughs> challenging. So not to go on too much of a tangent about that. but there We are... don't want
1: to talk about that for the rest <laughs> of the podcast. I think everyone wants to hear from us about that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I totally agree. Um, one thing we haven't touched on yet are some of the others. And, you know, Otto Porter Jr. comes to mind. I really want to talk about him for a minute because he has been so good. And it's not always what's on the box score. It's all the intangibles that he's done. And it just really... Love to just make that comparison of like Kelly Oubre to Otto Porter because they play <laughs> similar roles, but such significant play styles. And Porter has just, I think he, in my opinion, he is the main reason why the defense didn't fall off a cliff when Draymond was in health and safety protocols because he just stepped in seamlessly and is such an intelligent player. When you watch the games, and uh, Curry and Porter Jr. Are playing together, you see them talking a lot to each other, talking about you know whatever X's and O's and and digging into it because they really respect the Warriors, respect him as a player and what he has to offer. And mm-hmm. you know I think he really got the short side of the of the stick with his injury prone years coming out of Washington and and dealing with bouncing around between Chicago and Orlando. But I mean this kid can play and he's got a lot left in the tank, assuming that you know, continue to take care of his body and not um, pull a Tom Thibodeau on him, but um, (laughs) he just does so much and he does a little bit of everything. There's nothing that he can't really do in his game other than be like a Gary Payton above the rim kind of guy. He literally does everything else.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's been really awesome to watch. And I didn't realize how effective he was going to be as a big guy. And that's really how they play him. They only play him as like the four or the five. And he's handling, you know, he's he's handling it. He's a good rebounder. He's getting out there. He's trying to manage everything. Um, and playing him next to Steph, holy cow. Like those quick, those little bench spurts if Porter's either, you know, closing the game just because of how the matchups go or whenever Steph comes out to start those second and fourth quarters and Porter's out there too. He's getting these wide open looks and he's cashing them and he's talking to the other team's bench and he's letting them know and he's rolling into the stadium wearing his um, OPJ chain. It's like, yeah, (laughs) this guy made money in Washington he got that max contract he's living and now he gets to be part of a really good team the best team he's been a part of
0: and proof that he you know maybe was paid a little bit too early but does have that kind of caliber of play inside of him
1: you know it's it's really smart with the way the warriors have done it with Wiggins and Otto Porter are both players whose reputations completely dissipated after they signed a max like a huge contract that they couldn't perform up to right and that has nothing to do with who they are as players it just wasn't quite matching what we expect from that contract and the Warriors being able to see that and find oh but here's how they'll work with us that's the culture fit that's been so cool of them to go out and grab I mean you're right Otto Porter's been so big I mean Christmas Day when he made like that 8 nothing run on his own in the fourth quarter, just making the Suns pay for not honoring him as, you know, a lethal weapon. And then against Utah too, both of these huge wins, he was so instrumental filling in for Draymond. And I do not know he could do this, Sam. Did he throw out like seven assists or something? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't know he had that vision, but he actually was able to play the Draymond role, you know, yep. not like orchestrating everyone, but at least able to make the reads. Hundred percent, and
0: um, you know that loss and that loss against Denver, the three point loss, he went over four in that game. So I definitely yeah. don't hold it against him. But when we're kind of taking a step back and looking at those close games that the Warriors won and the role that he played, we really missed just anything from him, and that would have been the difference.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that's the difference between being, you know, a starter and a bench player, right? Like he's not going to have it every single night, but when he does, and again, Kerr knowing like when to ride him, when to not, um, as he's doing so well with the entire roster is just, it's, I mean, they're clicking on
0: all cylinders. Yeah, it's really, it's really something. Um, Well, cool, man. Any, um, any kind of closing thoughts here? I guess the last
1: closing thought, the one thing we haven't talked about is the rookies, Kaminga and Moody, and then Wiseman coming back. I think it's been really fun watching Kaminga slowly earn more playing time. I did not think he was going to be anywhere this ready to play in the NBA. And, you know, he's been out there in such, I mean, night and day to how they used Wiseman last year, right? Where he's starting at center, opening night, Here, Kaminga's like barely playing. He has to claw his minutes. He's fighting with JTA over it. And he's slowly learning the nuances and how to play. And what it does, Sam, it gives me hope that when Wiseman comes back, he's going to have that kind of really simplified, ready role in that kind of vein, where he's probably going to be coming off the bench, platooning his minutes with Bielitsa, just like Kaminga is with JTA. And I think he's going to be more effective than people are thinking.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll come out and say it. I think last season there was definitely a disconnect between the front office and the coaching staff and the players. And... Steve Kerr did not want to start James Wiseman and he Mm -hmm. was, his hand was forced otherwise and the result was not pretty, but yeah, uh, it's been incredible watching the growth of Jonathan Kaminga. I love everything that he does on the floor. He has so much athleticism and versatility. He is really the one player on the Warriors that can put his head down with kind of a Zach Randolph-esque bulk to him that can just go Mm -hmm. through people. And once he, is done shooting a million free throws to really like laser in that percentage. <laughs> I mean, he is going to be a force to be reckoned with. You already see him have the ability to space out and shoot threes. He's got the court vision. He can handle, he can defend at a high level. They put him on Chris Paul in mm-hmm. the Phoenix game uh, in Denver or sorry, the game against Denver that I keep going back to, you know, it was Otto Porter passing to Kaminga for a shot at the rim to tie the game. I mean, that's the level of trust that they have in him, even as a rookie clawing for minutes. Yeah. And Draymond Green's come out and said, if we're going to make a deep run, kaminga has got to be a big part of this. And yeah. you never know when guys are going to get hurt. And just the skill set that he has to offer at 19 years old, you got yeah. to think that the future is bright. And I feel really good about that pick. And I agree with you. It does give me hope that when Wiseman does come back, he's currently in the health and safety protocols um, as of December 29th, he will, you know, be brought along in similar light, you know, playing, you know, I think they want him in the starting unit, but they want him to earn it. So he's got to beat out Kevon Looney, which is no easy task, but do simple things, execute simple tasks, not go out and be the starting center and play 30 minutes and try and prove that you're the, you know, number two overall pick no, just go out and do things and be successful and build on it game to game to game. And so really like yeah. to see the coaches putting these young players in the right spot. I mean, Hey, we don't talk a lot about Moody cause he's not getting a lot of minutes, but he's mm-hmm. looked really good too in limited spurts. Obviously guard depth is a lot harder. So I think he, it's interesting cause we actually thought coming into the season or I guess more like warriors fandom thought that Moody was more NBA ready than Kaminga. Yeah, that was uh, just how things kind of played out. It's been otherwise, but I'm really happy with Moody. He's doing really well when he plays in Santa Cruz and he's going to be a big part of this franchise. I mean, you got to be thinking long-term too. It's not just about let's win this year and next year. Let's be winning in five years from now and 10 years from now.
1: Yeah. And these guys are all
0: going to be a big part of that.
1: Totally. And I have so much more confidence that they're going to be able to do that because we've seen Jordan Poole be, God awful in his rookie year and get better. We've seen Damian Lee grow from two-way player to a real rotation piece. We've seen Juan Toscano Anderson grow. So I have, I actually have more faith now than I did a year ago, watching them flounder that like, oh wow, the Warriors organization can grow these young players and teach them the system. And then yeah, by year two or three, Moody will be ready to actually be like a valuable part of this team.
0: And also as fans, we just need to take a step back and be patient. Like, yeah, everybody wanted LaMelo ball. And, you know, you think James Wiseman's a bust, whatever, trade him. What are you doing? Drafting Kaminga, trade the pick, trade the pick. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) we're not there. We don't know. We only know what we see. And, you know, we weren't there for the workouts. Like let, let these front office guys do what they're supposed to do. Let the coaches do what they're supposed to do. Have trust and faith in the organization and um you know it's paying dividends so far so that that's my take on it let's let's see where totally. this goes but the future is bright and this season is brighter that's for sure
1: it's arrogant season sam we're back baby <laughs> we're back.
0: the warrior the warriors haters are out it's so true it's Stay so off true. of twitter <laughs> real all right man on that note really great to have you back we're gonna have to to continue talking dubs. Love to get you back another time soon.
1: Absolutely, man. Great to be back. We'll have to chat when Clay and Wiseman are back in. we really see what we're working
0: with for the rest of the the year. Sounds good, man. Hey, you take care.
1: All right, you too, Sam. Have a good one.
0: Hey, guys. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, quickly, before we sign off, we want to also remind you all to use coupon code HoopBall20 at Manscaped.com for 20% off your order and free shipping. And also to check out our pals at mybookie.ag. Use code hoopball on the third page of sign up to unlock deposit match bonuses there as well. Once again, I'm Sam Orlick. This has been the We Believe Golden State Warriors Basketball Podcast a sports ethos presentation. Thank you so much for joining and we'll catch you on the next one.